0: 060-896 or visit
1: horseandhound.com Top of the straight, 250
2: to go. He's got a good hold on it, Alfred. I'm Wesley leading.
1: Good time, bravos. Flat chat, the outside. Auckland Red needs a run. Barramack, the favourite, making heavy weather of it. A vero's wider. I'm Wesley's in front. The puppet goes to work looking for win number 8,000. Barramack and Auckland Red are trying hard. I'm Wesley's in front, though. And he's done it. Alfred for 8,000. I'm Wesley has held off. Barramack and and Auckland Red in the middle. Fourth home went to a Vera...
2: wonderful milestone recently in Victoria. Chris Alford's going to be Chris Barsby's special guest, and I'd be interested to chat to Chris because I think he, as we've said previously, Chris, I think he told his wife not to go to that meeting because he wasn't that (laughs) confident he'd drive a winner. So she was at home.
1: Yeah, exactly. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Yeah, what a milestone there last week. That was at Ballarat last Wednesday night. Chris Alford becoming the first driver to reach 8,000 career victories in Australian harness racing history. So no other driver uh, has been able to get anywhere near that mark. So he's leading the way and he's far from finished. There's no doubt about it. He's 55 years of age now, Chris Alford. He's driven 138 Group 1 victories. He's a 15-times national premiership winner He's got the record for most wins in a season. And that wasn't all that long ago, Steve. Back in 2017-18, 456 winners in a year. So that's more than one a day. So it'll be interesting to see how long that record stands. And he's also got the record for... um, second as well so it's Chris Alford first second and then Nathan Dawson this year with 413 they're the only three drivers or the only two drivers that have gone in excess of 400 in a single season it's a wonderful career there's no doubt about it so I can't wait to chat with Chris Alford
2: why not now Chris he's with us
1: Chris good morning congratulations good
3: morning Chris and Steve thank you very
1: much what was it like for you last week? The build-up was huge, and rightly so, justifiably so, because this was rare, air. No driver in Australian harness racing history has gone anywhere near this mark. So what was it like for you? You were the man of the moment. How were you sort of approaching it day by day? Uh,
3: yeah, it was getting a bit annoying. Um, near the end, I couldn't get one over the line. I didn't know what was going on. But, uh, yeah, I didn't think I was driving them that bad. They just couldn't win So, um, to finally get it. Um, over and done with was a big relief, really. It was uh, a bit more pressure than
1: like driving in a big race in the end. Mm. Um, it, it was one of those meetings that you probably weren't super confident about that you'd reached the milestone there because you told your wife, Alison, not tonight, maybe tomorrow. So it, it, is that right? Is that true, that story?
3: Yeah, yeah. I thought I had better chances at Bendigo and they all got beaten. And um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I wasn't the most popular person in the house that night, but, um, yeah, they all got
2: over it. Chris, did you have a little celebration when you did get home, probably very late at night, but did you just sort of reflect and, you know, think of that that wonderful achievement with Alison when you did get home? I'm not sure what time. Uh,
3: No, I didn't get home till about 1, so everyone was well asleep. So, um, yeah, we just had a few... few, friends around and family and just went up the local New Romsey pub and had a bit of a celebration on Sunday
2: afternoon, which was good. And that's um something that I think we should point out, Chris. You know, these harness participants, Chris just said getting home at 1am and that's that wouldn't be uncommon, Chris, would it? Oh, no, like,
3: like a lot of times... Um, been all right lately. I don't race at too many far away night tracks, but yeah, this week got to go to Tarang in the last at about eleven o'clock, so I won't get home till about two two thirty that night. So uh, I don't miss not getting home after midnight that much, but um, sometimes we still got to do it. Mm.
1: What about the double headers, Chris? Uh, you, you were notorious for doing double headers. You'd race during the day, then go and race at night, and then you are driving home in the in, 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 you know all hours of the morning. So I bet you you don't miss those days.
3: Uh, no it's sort of you know it was hard hard yakka, but um, there seemed to be um, a lot more of them you know five or ten years ago where you could sort of get to the double headers but now um, apart from if you're going to say like Maribor to Ballarat which is only an hour or something like that it's pretty hard in the way the timetables scheduled like they finish the day meetings at you know, nearly six o'clock in the first race at the night means half an hour later. So it's pretty hard to do both, which I'm not that sad about.
1: Mm. What about going back to last Wednesday night? You're in, uh, you are in. You reached that milestone, 8,000 career victories. Uh, no doubt the phone would have blown up. You would have been flooded with messages, texts, uh, phone calls. Was there any shocks amongst uh, any of those that reached out to say congratulations? <coughs>
3: um. Oh no, they were pretty, you know, much friendly. But um, yeah, I was wrapped to to hear from um, Yannick and Timmy Tetrick in America and Misty um, Norman, where we uh, had Zeus stabled when he went over for the international trot. So that was quite nice.
1: Yeah. So eight thousand career victories. I looked at it like this: uh, two hundred winners per year for forty years. Does it feel like it's taken that long?
3: Uh, no, I haven't. I'm oh, not till forty years till uh, August this year. So I've still got a little bit left. But um <laughs> it 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 doesn't seem that long like I can still remember um my first winner like it was yesterday, so uh yeah no, it's all just sort of blurred it in real.
1: All right. I wanna to touch on that in just a moment. But uh, over that period of time, uh, there's been a few uh, bumps and spills. So, h- how's the body? And most importantly, you had that knee injury uh, only a couple of years ago. So, h- how is the body? And how's the knee? Um.
3: Yeah. No. It's all. You know. I suppose normal aches and pains for a fifty-five year old. I'm pretty lucky, I think. You know, apart from a lot of bad, bad bruising and stuff like that. Um, the only bones I've ever broken are a few ribs and um just one of my wrists when I jumped out at home when I was a kid, so uh, been pretty lucky really, I haven't had any really nasty injuries um, so that's pretty lucky considering been around um, probably about 45,000 races or something
2: Chris, in all your years of, of you know being in harness racing, tell me how it's just changed a lot, you know, the breeds are different now, we've got faster, you know, the running faster time, we've got these state of the art sulkies and so on, just tell, a bit, tell us about some of the differences that you know, well, the things that have changed that have been really noticeable since you started in harness racing? Uh,
3: yeah, a lot, a lot of that, but, you know, probably the biggest change has been um, going from running rails to um, marker pegs, which is a lot safer. I remember, you know, back at the old Mooney Valley days or even, you know, when I won my first race at Wangaratta, you had guys laying on you and you'd be scraping around the running rail and same at Moone Valley, half the time the running rail would be holding up around the first bend so that's probably one of the biggest things but um as you said the carts are so much faster now and um, the breed is so much better, especially the trotters um, just going ahead in leaps and bounds really.
1: Spring Vance was your first winner, that was at Wangaratta October 2, 1984 you obviously vividly remember that day
3: Oh yeah, for sure like it was yesterday I remember I Drew one, I was supposed to lead and I don't know, I just inexperienced. I think it was only about my third drive and I mustn't have timed the gate and he got crossed and um, didn't know what I was doing then. Stuck behind the leader, but thankfully the leader ran off and he got the
1: rails running, got up and won. Mm. Your late dad, Barry, is he without doubt your biggest influence on your career? Oh, for sure. He, um, you
3: know, when I left school when I was 14 virtually didn't leave the farm um, by his side and apart from to go to the races with him. And, um, yeah, he taught me, uh, you know, the main basics about raiding them and how to keep a horse travelling on the bit and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget any of what he taught me, that's for sure.
1: You know and universally as the puppet. That nickname has been around forever. So where did that come from and who coined it?
3: Oh... Uh, that's a long story um <laughs> I, I, the short term is i, I didn't have a car because i was not even 18 i think and i got a ride to Gumbao with um gavin lang and bulldog and andrew peace and um i won the cup that day for gene Peace, and i wasn't really any sort of a drinker back then and after the last they found me passed out in the long grass and they were picking me up by the shoulders, lifting me up and down
2: and said, oh, he looks like a puppet. So that's just <laughs> where it stuck. That might have been Jack Styring too. Did he call that Gunbower meeting, the legendary broadcaster back then? I wouldn't be surprised. He could have.
1: Yeah. Is there a track in Victoria that you haven't driven at, Chris?
3: Uh, not any of the, the proper tracks. Like I haven't driven at at Birchip where they have the Mallee Bull Cup every once a year and... Um, Oh, where else did they used to race up? Oh, Robinvale, which was a little picnic track there, about the only two I didn't drive at.
1: What's your favourite track in Victoria?
3: Uh, oh, I have to say Melton. Seems to be, you know, the fairest and and um, probably the closest to, so it makes it
0: better.
1: <laughs> hey, tell me, I want to ask about your car, uh, the, the the trusty old Toyota Hilux. So here we are talking about you driving all over the state of Victoria, 8,000 career victories. Tell me this, has that Hilux... I know you've upgraded recently, but did you keep the old Hilux? Did it ever crack the million Ks? No, unfortunately, um, it, it's
3: sort of sitting at 780 at the moment. It was gang buses never had a problem but I don't know what happened one night I filled it up with petrol instead of diesel and <laughs> drove it home and sort of half blew the engine up so it still goes It's more like a truck dragging car now and a little run around to go up to Romsey and that but can't really trust it to go anywhere else but um,
1: yeah I, I killed it so it's my own mm-hmm. fault So how's the new Hilux going?
3: Oh uh, yeah it's good, wouldn't rate it the same as the old one but yeah,
1: no, it's good. Okay. Hey, just recently, Steve and I spoke with Brian Gath, uh, a legendary harness racing figure, and, and he outlined during that chat that we had that you you and him are like best mates. Um, what is it that you and Brian gel over, obviously, the horses, but w- what makes you guys so close?
3: Uh, I just remember, like, when I was... Well, I wouldn't have been 13. I was at the races one night, and out at Mooney Valley, we used to come out of the driver's room and go down on the grass, just past the winning post and watch the races. And he was standing there one night and um, I went up and watched, I think even Gamelite might have been in the race that night. And he patted me on the head and said, this will be you out there one day, young fella. And um, ever since then, I idolised him and looked up to him and always seeked advice off him. And,
1: yeah, no, we're,
3: we're good buddies and, and still are. It's amazing to see him still getting winners these days.
1: Yeah. So your dad Barry, Brian Gath, is there any other sort of role models or mentors that you've looked up to over the time?
3: Uh, Not sort of role models but always you know um, was uh, amazed by how Gavin would drive and um, back in the day Andrew Peace was one of my favourites just uh, the way they got their horses up and going and and how he drove me. He always had a plan he'd never bust, bust them off the gate and he knew these horses were that good. They could just start coming from the 1,200 and bail the field up and then put them away. So, um, you know, you learn lots of different things. And even Ted Demler, he, he was just the most competitive person out there. He just hated losing. And as you said with Brian, you learn all these shitty little tricks off him and uh, put them into play um, as you get older.
1: Yeah. I, I know you think records are great, but they're not the be all and end all. In fact, you'd probably get more satisfaction out of winning a, a major race, in particular a Group One. Would I be right in saying that?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, there's nothing better than, oh, winning virtually any race, but, you know, Group One races are the pinnacle, and that's what we all strive to do.
1: Okay. Well, that takes me on to <laughs> some of the horses. The big three, would I be right in saying Golden Rain, Lenny the Shark, tailor-made lombo are they the big three for you
3: uh yeah yeah for sure you know as ability wise goes they'd you know be head and shoulders above
1: a lot of the others that's for sure who else deserves special mention
3: though um oh i just seen so many um you know Denver gold was one of ours and um noopy kiosk he was a freak when he was young you know wobbly was a brilliant two-year-old um know, the ones I got to drive for Tonkin's, like, drive right high early in his career and then post a boy out a little general. Um, Just, you know, so many great horses, sort of. Um, You don't win group one races unless you're driving good horses, and I've been fortunate to steer plenty of them.
1: Any time that you're out driving, whether it be just in track work, warming up in a race, or even in the old trusty Hilux, and if you think of a race, what's the first race that comes to your mind? Winning, yeah,
3: um, either the inter of the video with Golden Rain um, at Addington when he came from past of the and just rounded him up or um, Mont Denver
1: Gold in the Hunter Cup. Okay, just on Golden Rain because I, I love Golden Rain more than most. So, with that moment over there in Addington, uh, is it the fact that you were able to beat? some would say, that the greatest field ever assembled for an Inter-Dominion Grand Final, coupled with the fact that you were able to do it in a way that no one expected you to do it. The the turn of foot that you got from Golden Rain that day was just mesmerising.
3: Yeah, it was pretty um, funny. Like, he sat parked and won two of his heats and the other one got knocked over. And, um, yeah, we thought we had a great chance going into the final. And then he drew the outside gate, which wasn't ideal and um he didn't have any gate speed which was probably the only thing he ever lacked um so we ended up last and you know pre-race we thought we'd try and get around him but every time i pulled out three or four of them went in front of him or under him and then with a lap to go he was dead last and back on the rails and had to sort of get one out of the way i think it was jimmy Curtin. i said look out, I'm coming out. I said, you just get on my back and we'll get going. And um, then I pulled him out, turned into the back. I think that's about 900 to go. And then Tony Hurley, he pushed him out four wide and uh, said, oh, well, mate, it's time to go. And um, just put one on his tail and rounded him up. And then didn't get quite in the front, but got close enough and then just outstayed him up the straight.
1: Yeah, yeah. unbelievable win, unbelievable win. And it was just yeah, well, loaded with bad. champions, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I think, like everyone talks about, this is the greatest race, that's the greatest race. But, you know, that race is nearly 30 years ago, and there were six horses that had won a million dollars in it way back then, so it just yeah. shows the depth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great memories here with Golden Right. Hey, as i was mentioned, uh, no driver has driven more winners in a single season than you. You've done it twice. Your first and second, Nathan Dawson, joins you with 400-plus winners in a single season. The record of 4.56, which is set back in 2017-18. Will that ever be eclipsed? Uh, I'd say Nathan's getting closer
3: and the way he's going, he just seems to drive a winner or two every day. Um, you yeah, know, I didn't ever think I'd do that, but, um, yeah, Nathan's going great guns at the moment and um, if he can keep it up, I'm sure he'll get close if not beat it.
1: OK, records are meant to be broken, as they say. Tell me this then, um, what happens first here? I'll give you two... Uh, scenarios here. What happens first here? Your beloved Carlton Blues winning a flag, <laughs> or you, or you reaching ten thousand career victories? What happens first out of them? I
3: don't know. We're going to win this year, so uh, <laughs> I wanna even be up to eight and a half by then. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll leave that
1: there. It is well, Valentine's the is, Day. They haven't. Yeah. They
3: haven't won. They haven't won uh, a flag since Golden Rain won that Inter. So they're about due.
1: Yep, fair point, fair point. It is Valentine's Day. We mentioned Alison at the start of the interview, but she, she's a special person for you in, in many ways and uh, she, she's the real rock there in the uh, Alfred household, isn't she?
3: Oh, for sure. She keeps everything going. She organises the kids, organises everything at home, um, organises the stables, um, works here as well. Um, I don't think I've opened an envelope since I've known her. So she, she does all the bookwork and everything. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to, um, you know, get done what I do without
2: the help she gives me, that's for sure. Yeah, I was wondering about that, Chris, you know, with meetings every day and night, who books all your drives and things like that?
3: Uh, oh, I do that. Um, just when people... I look at the fields when they're done and they're usually done four or five days before the meeting. So I just... I have to look if I've got double ups and things like that, and then I just let the trainers know which which way i go. All
1: right. I've got to ask, have you organised flowers for Ellison today?
3: I'm got to get some on the way home from uh, the races at Geelong. It's a day meeting, so I'll, I can get it in before <laughs> Valentine's
1: Day is over. Ever the romantic, Chris Alford. Hey, uh, tell me, can you get a winner today at Geelong?
3: Uh, yeah, I think the Statesman will win the last race. Yeah. Um, He's been going really well, and uh, he's drawing the front over a mile, which he really seems to like, so uh, I think he'll get the job done.
1: All right, the statesman there in the last. And just in wrapping up, uh, with all that storm damage yesterday, uh, how did you guys hold up there? Was there any damage to your property? Did you lose power?
3: Uh, yeah, we had a blackout. Sam wasn't happy because his PlayStation wouldn't work and it <laughs> was a total fire and day, so he uh, goes to school up in the... The hills, so he didn't get to go because they don't have school on total fire ban, and then the power went out for about three hours, so he wasn't very happy. But um yeah, we just had one branch fall off a tree. That was about it.
1: Okay, so pretty lucky then.
3: Yeah, very. It was
1: yeah wild there for a while. Hmm, sounds like, it. and just looking at some of the vision, it looks uh, looks quite bad down there, so good to know that uh, everything is A-OK with you guys Hey, well done again, uh, 8,000 career victories, no other driver in Australian harness racing history has achieved that feat, you're in rarefied air, there's no question about it, you're a champion of our sport an absolute legend, really appreciate the time today
3: yeah,
2: thanks guys
1: there he is Steve, Chris one and only
2: Chris. yeah, race 8 by the way, Chris at Geelong, the Statesman is $1.90 to have fixed in that final race, race 8 Number four.
0: They
3: race round the turn, 400 to go. Lento by a neck. Here's Victor Supreme coming at it. Wider out of the track, Golden Rain. He's flat for Chris Alford. Token starting to come into it. We the Warriors looking for the gap on in the inside. Young Mr. Charles also. Wider out of the track, desperate comment. It's Victor Supreme. Here's Golden. Rain coming again. Fighter out to Choken. Further out to desperate. Coming, it's Golden Rain. Victor Supreme trying to hold it out. It's New South Wales has won the Inner Dominion. Golden Rain by a head. Victor Supreme. Young Mister
4: Charles Choken.
2: star started field, all right, Chris. Who was the broadcaster there in New Zealand back then? Rion Mirtha. Mm, lovely yep. voice. Great caller.
1: Yeah. yep. Yeah. So. Uh, that, that was a great series, there's no question And it's a really good point that he makes, Chris Alford. We keep hearing it, you know, day in, day out. Now, this is the greatest race. Oh, this is the best race this year. This is that. This is that. When you go back through some of the, the history books, and in particular, you look at a race like that, it was just star-studded. So... um yeah, hard to beat the 1995 yeah. in a
2: Dominion. Exactly, it's like the Cox Plate field. You know, there's no, there won't be a better Cox Plate field than that one, that superimposed one. Unfortunately, naturalism fell and caused havoc there. Uh, mm. Well, he fell as a result of Peter Hutchinson's horse uh, falling or tripping, uh, coming to the bend. But that was the best Cox Plate field we've ever seen in the modern era, and there's no argument. Um, given all the you know, horses going into it, were all coming off feature race wins, the majority of them, and you had three-year-olds that were firing. It was just a great Cox Plate that particular year. Donny yeah. Smith is with us, Chris.
1: Donnie, good morning. Uh, good morning, Chris. Hey, I've got to check in. Uh, the big girl, Uptown Beach girl, what's what's the latest?
0: Yeah, well, going into the inner dominion Chris, uh, about four weeks before it started, she, uh, she obtained a, a fetlock injury to her new, uh, off front and um, there's a lot of bone on bone and we uh, we struggled to get her into the inner dominion um, uh, We tried every treatment available, basically, and... We got her to the first heat, hoping she'd be able to get through it. But um, uh, she ran the first leg, her first heat on three legs, and so we had to call her a day with her. Um, and she's subsequently been booked to uh, go to Sweet Lou. So um, she, she'll be in the paddock for six months before, uh, before um, going to the stadium. But uh, anyway, she, she's retired, Chris.
1: Would have been a sad day when she left the stable.
0: Yeah, no. It's funny, the first month or so uh, when she was here, I thought, I can't wait to get rid of this thing. She's going to kill somebody here. Um, (laughs) But uh, as time went on, she actually became pretty good to train. And in the end, (laughs) when she strolled out and got on the transport truck to go back down south, uh, yeah, it was a pretty sad day, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Where does she rank for you then, Donnie? Uh, Is she the best that you've put a bridle on? Is she the best mare that you've put a bridle on?
0: I, I, I would say she would be the best horse. Uh, I'll put a bridle on. We had, we had a horse for none better that we sold to America, and he made almost $10 million over there. Um, I, I, I would put her away in front of him, but... Yeah. So and I, I'd like, I would actually like to see her have a back over there. She, she would have been brilliant, but unfortunately uh, injuries, you can't beat them. So uh, uh, we... Yeah, it was actually a pretty hard last uh, state couple of preps with her because we had a blood problem that we had, that took a while to get on top of and then they got on top of that and we get, 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 got a, had a, prepared for the minute and thought this would be just brilliant for her and then she obtained an injury so uh, yeah it was just just unlikely really. we never really saw the best of her because I, I always thought that she could really do anything I, yeah. I always thought that in the back of my mind she could break one picture to in the park but um, as it turned out the problem was that evolved, uh, we couldn't get to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised you th- say that because I know there was a, a few little things along the way and she was such a big mare so she was always growing and developing so I'm not surprised that, you know, you, you never actually got to the to the bottom of her.
0: Yeah, true Chris, we probably uh, in hindsight I probably pushed her a little bit too much as an early three-year-old I guess but I mean yeah, no, the injuries could happen anyway but um, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah being, being so big, she was a real big bone, big muscle, heavy horse, you know. And mm. I think because she ran so fast, uh, that probably uh, caused a little, a few little problems
1: there along well, the way. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we look forward to seeing her foals, and uh, I'm sure if they're anything like mum, they'll be able to do a job on the track. Hey, a couple of horses that I wanted to talk about, I'll get to the runners tonight in just a moment. Romney, he's going well. He's lining up in the free for all again on Saturday night. He he's close to a win. His past two runs have been really good. Yeah, Chris, I'm just
0: just getting a handle on him at the moment. He, he he's really surprised me actually too since he's right at The stable. I thought watching a few videos before he arrived, he didn't uh, he didn't sort of appear that that uh, that good or as good as he's going. And um, but since he's arrived, he's just a lovely little better. as the light horse. He's had that out of a Christian colour mare and that's what they call the Golden Cross, I guess. But he's, he's typical of that breed. He's, you know, real compact. He's he's solid and he, and he loves to loves to race, you know. He just uh, And every time I just raise the bar a little bit, he goes goes to n- another level. So I just hope he just keeps going higher and higher and maybe we can be, be them in the free-for-all over the next six months, you know.
1: Yeah, no doubt. His gate speed, that's his best asset. He can fly the arm.
0: Yeah, well, you can follow the arm and also um, he does stick on pretty well. Uh, the other night, um, I think we would have been a lot closer to a future assured. He, he, he stepped on himself going down the back straight with about 500, to go, 500 minutes to go. And um, he pulled the shield off. and um, he sort of, he, he's got soft feet as it is. So he, he just sort of lost a bit of power there trying to get around the last quarter and get, get down the straight. So I'm pretty sure that... that didn't happen, he would have been a
1: lot closer to the to the to the good horse, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully Saturday night he won't be too far away again because he is close mm-hmm. to a win. Uh let's talk about tonight, race one, number five datitude. Speaking of horses going really well. He's been placed his last three. Uh concession claim here tonight for Nathan Rothwell. He's gonna be awfully hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, He's
0: actually going very well. Um he we changed him. Four starts ago, we changed the bit of care on him. We took the head check off, let his hobbles out a little hole and out a hole, and and dropped the carriers a little bit. And since then, he just seems to be, uh, you know, it just seems to be a lot safer in his gear, and, and, and seems to be a lot more comfortable. And I think he's going very well um, tonight. Yeah, probably uh, dropped out in grade. Um, we should be able to get up to the front there somewhere, and he's a horse that just keeps running. So, so he should he should be able to do the job tonight.
1: All right, well, that's Dattitude. What about in raise four? I'm sure you're extra thrilled with this little filly, Sky Girl. She's by your old horse and a good chance, and she's going super. Uh, is she one that has surprised you, and every time you sort of raise the bar, she keeps her, you know, rising to the challenge?
0: Yeah, well, as a year old Chris, I did very little with her. Um, she was very small. She actually didn't grow that, that much, and I was a little worried about pushing her at all. So she had very minimal work. For her races as a two-year-old i think she won one as a two-year-old and got in the uh the uh the triad constellation ran second um but was a three-year-old I'm just starting to push her a little bit she's grown a little bit and she's filled out and and i'm able to just sort of give her the work i should be giving a racehorse. and um and i think I, it. I think she's really starting to improve um she's starting to get to know what it's all about and um Tonight, well, we'll need a little bit of luck from Barrier Seven. I'm not, I'm not quite sure whether it will be one back or two back to the rails, but um, I'm sure if she gets a, a little luck um, in the last two or three hundred metres, she'll um, they'll see it coming. Mm. She, that's Jeez. one thing she does does do pretty well. She sort of chases really well, whereas lately we've been stuck in the death. And so I think she gets a bit lost in the death. She especially in the straight, she just tends to not not have a real go, but she sort of keeps going. But she doesn't, she doesn't really know if she's in a race. She's only just having a play
1: yeah but she is versatile like she can lead she can you know she can do work outside the leader and she can chase them down so she's versatile
0: yeah yeah and as you hit on before she's actually improving and i really think over the next couple of months she'll she'll just keep improving so um she's just starting to um well nathan dawson once had a couple of starts ago. um she just feels like a horse with six gears but she's only got the only got the fourth gear so far yeah so, okay. so, hopefully we'll be able to find another two years pretty soon.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. And what about Ray Six, number four, Rosberg? He's fresh up here. We haven't seen him since November. Hasn't trial. What are the expectations?
0: Yeah, he, um, he's a big, big, solid horse. I don't think he's down with a lot of brains, probably like myself. Um, uh, he, um, yeah, he, I'm not quite sure, Chris. Like, he, he's done the work that he's had to do. Um there's a lot of speed underneath him tonight. So I think he's a better horse on the pace. So I'm just not quite sure whether he'll be able to get on the pace, you know. Uh, I think he might have to go back. So um, uh, that, that'll make it hard for him. But I think whatever he does tonight, he'll improve. You know, he right. um, he, 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 he is an, he's not, not a bad horse, but um, I don't know whether tonight's tonight.
1: All right, well, we'll watch and see with uh, Rosberg there. Hey, before I let you go, I've got to ask a question. NRL season just around the corner. Uh, Franco's in Knight Street. He's the chief of the Dolphins supporters. What, what, what's the forecast from Franco this year? Well, Franco, he, he, he had a
0: COVID. He got a COVID there a month or so ago, and since then, he's, he's been very quiet on the football front. Um, I, I don't know, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah, he's obviously... He's, he on. He's got his membership going and everything, so um, I'm sure he'll try to get. He'll be, he'll be in the gate when they let him in. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I think he's. well actually, he is pretty confident with the documents, but I've got to, I've got to put up some sort of argument. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: he, he'll he'll let you know if they're going well. Don't worry about that. So. <laughs>
5: Yeah, we're, Hopefully you'll be able
1: to get uh, a couple of winners tonight or across the next couple of days, whether it be uh, at Reckliffe tonight or Albion Park on Saturday night. Really appreciate the time, Donnie. Yeah,
0: thank you, Chris. My
1: pleasure. Here's Donnie Smith joining us. So a uh, couple of good chances there tonight. Datitude Sky Girl, not sure what to expect there with Rosberg in race number six. Let's chat with Jordan Topping, who heads to Reckliffe tonight. Jordy was in the winner's circle yesterday... At Albion Park, j was very impressive taking out the trot. Outside the leader, over race, and then just drew off for an easy victory. Jordan, good morning. Morning, Chris. Did that surprise you yesterday, that mare?
4: Uh, she did, but she didn't at the same time. I was really happy with her first run, even though she broke um, around the corner just before the home straight. Um, but yesterday she just proved she was too good.
1: Okay. I I wanted to ask about that first up run. Um to the eye, I think she was going to be thereabouts. She wasn't going to win, but she was going to be thereabouts. And then that break just probably clouded it a little bit. But uh she was very good yesterday. Um she did get keen mid race, so what were you thinking, uh, with a lap lifter run? Well, I just didn't want
4: to fight her too much, so I just sort of let her roll along, do her own little thing and keep her happy and yeah, she just seemed to like rolling along at that speed. Even though they sort of walked home, I think she'll improve off of it.
1: OK. Dan Russell, has he trained many trotters or was that his first winner as a trainer of a trotter?
4: Um, I believe he had a couple, like, years ago, but um, this is probably, like, his first one in quite a
1: while, I'd say. So does that mean he wants to get more?
4: Um, <laughs> I think we'll just stick with this one for now. Um <laughs> and see how she goes
1: and then, yeah, possibly get some more later on. OK, I thought that just might have sparked a little bit of a fire there for uh, for Dan because that was her first local win since coming across from New Zealand, so I just thought maybe that he's got that uh, victory. It's full steam ahead with the Trotters, but we'll wait and see. Let's focus on tonight. Uh, speaking of Dan, you're driving for no reason in race one. This is a mare that's strong, and uh, she's nicely drawn here in gate three. How do you rate her chances?
4: Um... Last week I was probably fair on her. She um, she needed that run after probably missing uh, a fortnight's work with us going to Tamworth. So I think that run last week will help her for this week. So I think you know, sneaking forward, and if she can end up somewhere handy, um, even if she gets stuck in the chair, it doesn't really faze her too much. So I think she'll be thereabouts.
1: Okay. Would you prefer over a little longer?
4: Nah, I sort of like her over the short trip if she's going to sit past. Um, but she has proven she can do it over the longer distance as well.
1: All right. Race three tonight, you're driving. Get a load of this girl. Two off the second row, a winner two starts ago. There's no reason why she can't be competitive here.
4: No, I don't think so either. Um, she's the same as for no reason. I think she just needed the run last week as well. And the longer trip sort of didn't suit her last week either. So I think if she's handy enough early, which she should be, um, she should be up in the top field,
1: so... Yeah, and you're following out a good beginner in Rosarito, so you should get a nice run through there at the start.
4: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, well, let's get a load of this, girl. What about in race four? Get me out of here. Another one that's close. She's got what... Uh, he's got three placings and he's past four starts. Is the draw just a little sticky here, Gate 5?
4: Uh, it is, but... Um, you know being 2000 as well it might be a little bit different so i think we'll have to sneak back this week and sort of make one run but um, he's racing well and his tamworth campaign was pretty good considering um he'd never really been um raced like that before either so um i think he's getting better
1: yeah, before you went away with uh, that Tamworth trip, uh, he trial and he was really sharp in a trial at Albion Park. So, are you surprised, given what he did in that trial, that he hasn't been able to uh, pick up a race since?
4: Yeah, I think he's more. He likes being out in front and he can sort of just roll along on his own. I was really impressed with his Albion Park trial, but um, like I said to Dan, I think we're going to try him at the bigger track. He might like Albion Park a bit better than um, Redcliffe. So. Uh, see what he does tonight and um yeah make a decision next week as to whether it goes back to Redcliffe or back to Albion Park
1: okay well that's getting me out of here your final drive tonight race five number eight get a load of this bro uh drawn two off the second row looks fairly open this race on paper how did you see it
4: yeah I probably agree a bit I was really happy with his run last week um he sort of just got held up a little bit early and um Turner for home. He sort of picked up his ground again and got going. But um, the sweepers sort of just got him in the end there and probably the last 50 he tied. So um, I think he'll get a good suck along through early here and, yeah, just have to play it by ear after that.
1: All right. Well, hopefully, with a bit of luck, he won't be too far away. Which drive are you most looking forward to tonight?
4: Um, probably get a load of this, bro.
1: Okay, we'll save the best till last, race five, number eight. Hey, job well done yesterday with that victory of J-Rowe and hopefully there's a few more winners tonight. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, Chris. There's Jordan Topping. So four drives tonight, poor Jordan. So hopefully there's a winner or two amongst them. Let's get the thoughts of Darren Clayton. He joins us now. Darren, good morning.
5: Chris how are you this morning?
1: Very well Uh, whilst we're on Redcliffe and we've got the form guide open where do we find your best bet tonight?
5: Yeah I thought race 7 horse number 1 Arnold Street gets his opportunity good gate speed horse small field and uh, he can just dart straight into the the lead role and probably doesn't cop too much pressure I wouldn't have thought in that race and I thought he leads all the way race 7 number 1 Arnold Street
1: Okay, he's backable right now $3 tap fixed price
5: yeah, certainly. I thought he'd be a little bit shorter than that, and there's a few on the card that I thought would be a lot longer or a lot shorter, so I'm happy with Arnold Street.
1: All right. What else takes your fancy tonight?
5: Yeah, I thought one race earlier, uh, Sir Brigadoon certainly gets an opportunity. A little bit of a concern just with his early speed. He might get cross, but uh, he showed in a couple of Albion Park victories that uh, he's, got a, he's got a motor, and he... One of those, he came from the rear, and the other one, he sat parked. So, um, provided he doesn't get shuffled back, I thought uh, he gets every opportunity to uh, to put one on the board at Redcliffe, unbeaten for Graham Dwyer. Race 6, number 1, so Brigadoon.
1: OK, and he has trialled well on that track, so he's not unfamiliar with Redcliffe. So, they're the two. What about the quaddy tonight? Looks like we're going skinny.
5: Yeah, well, um, certainly can in those legs. But I thought uh, that, that opening leg, a little bit wider. I've got number nine, Beef City Stars on top in an open race. I thought he can certainly be up to it. Cobbler Lane, um, he was able to lead throughout at Marburg last time out. Just whether he can remain in front here or, or stay in the trails a bit of an issue Throw in Jordan's drive, number eight, get a load of this bro. And throw in number seven as well. So 1789 in that first leg. The second leg, happy to go one out with Sir Brigadoon. If there's a danger, uh, either of the, the Frost Geeson runners, two or eight could certainly improve that, but I'm happy with uh, with the one. Happy with the one again in the third leg, Arnold Street. Again, if there's a danger, it probably sits on his back, Mount Hercules or, or Major Mondo, but... Uh, one only looks the way, and the final leg, it's the open one again. I've got Baby Ginny on top, probably got the early speed and, and then the options to to be right in this. Number three, Crime Boss is going well. Most of the Watson horses are, are travelling well at the moment. And number nine, Matai Reactor, he can, he can chime in off the back of the speed. So one, three and nine there in a race over the 2040 that might just sort a few of them out.
1: All right, so that's one seven eight nine into one only. One only again, one three nine. So twelve dollars, hundred percent of the dividend.
5: Yeah, and I think we'll be we'll be into that last league for sure.
1: All right, so that's Reckliff tonight. Ten races there. We kick off at five twenty two. Hey, the Hayden Barrier draw was conducted across the weekend, or the the auction, I should say, for the slots that are uh or up the grabs and that race will take place during the the winter carnival winner of this race as we know from last year goes on to represent racing queensland in the tab eureka um who who well who got the slots and how much money was raised that goes into the prize money out of that uh, auction there on sunday
5: It was 107,000 race. So last year there was 131. The inaugural edition. So um, this year with 107, it ends up being um, a $207,000 race. A little bit different. um, Just a little bit um, payback in the um, in the uh, what do you call it? The distribution is the right word I was looking for there uh, the distribution of the of the funds so um, but still a, a really big race and basically means, I think, if you run 10th, you end up with uh, about um, about 3500 So Gate 1 was purchased for 1000 uh Sorry, Gate 10 was purchased for $1,000, so um, they're already in front. and That was purchased by Angus Garrard. Now, Gate 1 was Kevin Seymour, um, Gate 2... Uh, was Paul Galvin Aqua Constructions Gate 3 was um, the crew headed up with the Graham Dwyer stable so I'd imagine quick change they'll have their eyes on that slot um, Trent Dawson was able to secure Gate 5 for his and that will likely be for for, for real life so he's got a, a really good crack there um, and then a few of the other slots a little bit less uh, Gate 8 uh, a group Uh, which Ryan Spice is a part of was able to get one Darren Garrard Racing was able to get one Grant Dixon got barrier four so um, there's a good mix of of trainers, owners, drivers, um, participants so it's going to be interesting uh, how this race pans out that's for sure
1: Yep, so $207,000 is what they're racing for during the Constellations in July. That's the Hayden. And as I said, like Speak the Truth last year, he went on to compete in the world's richest race, the Tab Eureka. So we wish them all the very best of luck there. Uh, just a quick one. Speaking of Trent Dawson, uh, he stole the show last Saturday night. For real life, super sharp. Future assured, much the same. Uh, they've got Sydney campaigns uh, beckoning now. So how did you sort of assess them last week?
5: Yeah, I thought, I spoke to Trent after for real life, he said he was probably a little bit disappointed with him, which I thought was, um, which is probably puts it, make his effort even better, considering I thought it was a great effort and Trent was disappointed with it, so um, still went quick time, he thought he perhaps just worked him a little bit too hard during the week. He said, so that's that's an easy overcome there, he can just adjust that. I thought Future Assured was brilliant, um, just the way he was able to finish it off. So that, that's really good and um, he's got a couple of nice handy younger ones too. We spoke about Fact Finder last week, he was good again yesterday. So whether he does make that trip with him um, for a potential New South Wales derby crack, that's uh, that could be a potential there because he was really good yesterday, Fact Finder.
1: Yeah, as good as he's been, he was even better yesterday, I agree. He was most impressive yesterday. So we'll wait and see if he makes that trek uh, south with For Real Life and Future Assured. Hey, Darren, appreciate the time today. We'll chat again on Friday morning.
5: Yeah, no worries, Chris. Thanks for that.